You're listening to Alabama Tradition with Ryan Fowler and Martin Houston on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Championships, 27 SEC titles, 131 first-team All-Americans, 70 postseason appearances, 39 postseason victories. This is Alabama football. And this is Alabama Tradition with Martin Houston and Ryan Fowler on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome into another edition of Alabama Tradition, the past, present, future of the Alabama Crimson Tide. As we get ready to play uh, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, we talk about championships. Nobody has more than the Alabama Crimson Tide. If there was a second place, it would be the Fighting Irish from South Bend. It has been a long time when you look at the Irish, and uh, we'll talk about this game. We'll also talk about Devontae Smith winning the AP Player of the year when you talk about voted on by those uh, who also vote in the Heisman campaign. Uh, we'll see if that really trends that direction. We'll also take your phone calls. We've got some Sark audio. We've got some Pete Golding audio. We'll talk about the X's and O's and the matchup uh, between these two powerhouses. Vegas has it right now as a 20 point difference, according to the experts in the desert. We welcome in former fullback at the University of Alabama, also radio host here on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Mark Houston, I hope Tuesday has treated you well. Welcome into the game in T-Town. Uh, into the game. That's right. <laughs> no, ah, I, 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 it, 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 hey, you did so good right up until that point, Ryan. Alabama tradition. Glad to be in uh, with you, Ryan. Uh, of course, if you're just not tuning in or you've never tuned in, Ryan, of course, hosts the game, and I host the Martin Houston Show. So sometimes we introduce you in, <laughs> into our respective shows. But uh, Alabama tradition, uh, Tuesday tradition. So glad to be with you, man. It's been a good day. Martin, Devontae Smith wins the AP Player of the Year. Now, this is the first wide receiver to ever win the award. Uh, there's been a lot of quarterbacks. There's been a lot of running backs. Uh, but never a wide receiver since this award originated back in the uh, early 80s when you look at this AP Player of the Year. Uh, does it give you any hint that maybe uh, the voters did put Devontae Smith out front in the Heisman campaign? Uh, yeah, I think that Devontae has a legit uh, shot, Ryan, to to win the Heisman. I, I think his momentum caught up. And like I said, it's really based on when guys voted. And uh, if you sit back and look, Ryan, at what he did this year, you know, sometimes people go, well, well, how can he win it if the quarterback doesn't win it? Because the quarterback gets just statistically, there's quite a few guys that, that is in that category, Mac Jones, and I'm okay if Mac Jones wins it as well. So that's not what I'm saying. But when you look at what Devontae Smith did this year, Ryan, he was having a special year, but it was because he had another guy, you know, Batman and Robin or Batman and Batman, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> um, but 
when when his Batman and Robin dynamic duo, whatever you want to call it, went down, and everybody was supposed to be able to now double team him, he got better, a lot better. And, and and to me, that's what makes this year special. And you have to hate it for Najee. Najee has as good a year as our previous two Heisman Trophy winners in Hearing, Hearing and Ingram uh, as well. But I think what Devante has done is is absolutely special. Well, and, and backing up just a couple of seconds, when you look at this, this is kind of the Alabama a way of doing things. So when you look at, you know, I've said this multiple times, if you play at another university, I'm not taking shots at other universities, but I'm just saying it's easier to get recognized on those teams than it would be in Tuscaloosa. And the evidence of that, uh, things like the, uh, the College Football Hall of Fame, when you look at so many great players, I mean, I look at other schools, they are already in the 2000s of nominating players. Alabama's just kind of making it through the 80s, and really they're right. leaving, they're leaving <laughs> out guys. But it, it's you know it's it's everything that we talk about here uh, daily uh, that that if you've got to really stand out, and with Najee a record season, uh, you know record setting season for him, he he's he's in the he's in the top five, but he's not in that uh, one, two, and three and four. Yeah, which is absolutely amazing. He he has what twenty seven total touchdowns this year. Uh, probably in the year with thirty. Um, I don't know where that ranks, but uh, in in the overall scheme of things, Ryan, and he's done this against all SEC opponents. He didn't have any uh, directional schools or sisters of the poor uh, to rack up those yards. He's done this against. The best, and if you go back and look, Ryan, what two games that we need Najee the most? Uh, it's, Ole Miss, it's sure, and, and Ole the Florida Miss Gators in Florida. Yeah, and what? How many touchdowns do you have in those two games? Ooh, uh, you put me on the spot. Yeah. He had five uh, there. Didn't he? he had, did he? Did he have four or five against Ole Miss? Four or five? I can go back and I think quickly he had look. Five, did yeah. he? Did he? Did I mean, he have, nine or ten. <laughs> so, I mean, think about you that. Know, Chew on that for a minute. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, that's that's my point. And 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 yet he's the fifth viewed as the fifth best player in the country, uh but two of the guys in front of him are um are are teammates and they have had electric seasons coming off of playing behind number 1 draft picks. Bart Houston, Ryan Fowler, James Ludeman pushing all the correct buttons. James, you wanted to jump in here and talk about Najee Harris. Jump in and make your comment. Yeah, I, I think with Najee, it's so interesting to me that he's just been kind of that quiet presence this year. Like, it, it's one of those guys that you can just absolutely 100% depend on to be there in a tough spot like against Ole Miss in Florida. But but I, I wanted to ask you guys real quick about the SEC Player of the Year for Devontae. Obviously, the Heisman voting is done, but do you think this award reassures the voters who voted Devontae Smith uh, of the Heisman? In in a way, I guess you could see it because you, you do. Uh, there's a lot of overlap with voters in both of these polls because I think there's 900 uh, members of the media uh, when you talk about voting. I think there's around 58. Uh, living members of the Heisman fraternity that also vote, and I think they uh, they also do a a fan poll that's made up on uh, social networks, and that's one vote uh, there. But you you look at it, a lot of people who do vote in this, 
Uh, I do think it is evidence that people were looking for a reason. And I think for a wide receiver, you've got to really grab the attention. I think Devontae Smith has done that back-to-back seasons, even though they don't overlap. Uh, but if you needed some validity or reliability, depends on which way you want to measure that, uh, you could find Devontae Smith and, and adding those numbers up. He wanted to be more than just a second and 26, 41-yard reception winning wide receiver. He wanted to be more. He's done that in two years. I think he'll walk out. There's no question. He's the greatest wide receiver to ever play in Tuscaloosa. I, I agree with that sentiment. I believe that what he's done. Uh, Ryan, here's a better question. or uh, Not necessarily a better question. An additional question that begs to be answered now. What we're seeing, I was talking to someone the other day, and I said, what we're seeing with Najee Harris and Devontae Smith are NFL guys who will be starting on any NFL roster that they were on come back to college. And they came back and they, unashamedly to improve their draft stock. Will Nick Saban now have an even more dominant program? Oh, great. Will, will, will these guys... What these guys did, buying in, you know, you you, you have to think that m- maybe Dr. Ray and uh, Baloo had something to do with the improvement of their strength and their speed and their agility because they seem to be at another level this year, even what they were, were last year. Does this close out Nick Saban's end of his career potentially greater, Ryan, with guys being able to now understand, man, I can't go in the league at three, but I can come back for a fourth year uh, and 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 really boost my stock because I'll be the talent level. How good we are is NFL ready, but we're going to play against college talent that makes us even more valuable. Well, look at this, Martin. We we've talked about recruiting. Because the rebuttal that many coaches use against Alabama, why go there? Because you're not going to be able to play. You're not going to be able to play. Nick Saban has countered that rebuttal with playing uh, true freshmen. It seems like more and more every year as we're getting uh, deeper into the season, we're depending on some of these guys to make key players. And then also you talk about being buried in the depth chart once you get here. Uh, and, and also you don't need as much time to prove that you can play in the NFL. Look at the quarterback side of things. I often right. wonder if this is going to be a trend that people will pick up on uh, nationwide and say, hey, let me develop. Let me stay in and progress as a quarterback. If this may, I don't think it's ever going to reverse the transfer portal by no means, but it might slow it down some. I think the transfer portal is going to take care of itself because there's a lot of guys getting left in the portal. Um, and, and I think you're going to see over time statistically that coaches prefer – with a few exceptions, coaches prefer to recruit their guys straight out of high school. The guys who are getting picked up are either elite players um, that everybody wants or it's guys that the coach recruited out of high school and the kids just made you know a choice. But there's if you go check out the portal, there's a lot of names that you would recognize sitting in the portal or – they left the portal, but they ended up going down, you know, to a lesser power five or even down 
I mean, to a lesser D1 school or to uh, dropping all the way out of D1. So we're talking Alabama Crimson Tide football. Alabama has a chance to state their case uh, with this record-setting season. We're already talking about maybe the best offense, uh, and I think you you kind of solidify that with uh, three out of the top five picks uh, in the Heisman side of things. Uh, we're talking about a, a offensive coordinator that was recognized as the Franks Brawls Assistant Coach of the Year Award, David Basil, who was a linebacker back in Arkansas. We had a chance to talk with him and uh, talked about Sark and what he's able to do. And we're also, we have not seen the distractions because Sark was rumored to be in the job across the state. Uh, he decides to take his name out of the hat and kind of stay focused on everything here. Uh, you look at Sark, the loyalty may pay off. I got a text message about two hours ago, and this guy was just hypothetically, he said, with because he's covered Sark at other places, and he said, do you think Sark would be a serious candidate if Nick Saban stepped down in three years? I said, I think he has. I, I think what he's been able to do uh, this year, and, and I like his delivery. I think there's some other guys that you would have to put their name in the hat, uh, but I think Sark could be one of those guys. What do you think, Martin? Well, I, I think that Nick Saban showed uh, who he would entrust his program with, uh, and so um, if you were if you were replacing a legend and the greatest legend, I mean greatest coach ever, would you take his his lead on who he thinks is ready uh, to to run his program when he's not able to be there? Uh, so I, I think that in and of itself put Sark in a position to potentially be uh, one of the candidates because you would make the assumption that he would only get better. Here's another thing I want you to think, think about this, Ryan. Okay. The guys who have left here who had previous head coaching experience, um, but at the same time, um, you know, made some mistakes. Are they better in in round two? Would you say Kiffin is a better coach now so far? Oh, there's would no you doubt. Say, would you say Loxley is a better coach now? So 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 maybe the rehab program is where people uh, instead of just hiring Nick Saban coaches, uh, they may be looking for the guys who have had experience other places and then went through the rehab program. Uh, you know, so so that bode well for the guys like Charlie Strong and Stoops, and and uh, we'll see what Butch Jones does over at Arkansas State. But um, I think, without a doubt, uh, Sark has put himself in a position to be the guy. And I asked Lane Kiffin about this when we featured him back in the spring. We we kind of threw it up and we talked about, you know, what he was able to take from spending time with Tuscaloosa and, and, and Nick Saban, and he talked about how to manage people. And and Martin, that's my next question. Because I do look at it from managing people and egos and trying to get everybody to believe in one common goal. Let me set this up. We'll, we'll take your calls if you want to jump in. 205-342-9904. This is Alabama Tradition. That's Martin Houston. I'm Ryan Fowler. But the question that I've got for you is this time next week, we will be talking about a Heisman celebration. We'll see if an Alabama guy is able to hoist up that trophy and be recognized as the most outstanding player in all of college football. But do you worry a little bit about the jealousy component? Because the Heisman Trophy is a life-changing event. I think I've read some 
uh, dollars that it equals about five hundred more thousand dollars on top of your endorsements over the course of a lifetime. And and that's that was some numbers that were probably three or four years old when you talk about just you know when you sign your autograph, it's worth more because you can put that two thousand twenty Heisman uh, you know little uh, in description on there. So when you look at it, do you worry about some of those things becoming, you know, problems? We'll talk about that. That's Martin Houston. I'm Ryan Fowler. This is Alabama Tradition. I'm sending that question up. I'll ask Martin Houston uh, to answer that question coming up in a couple of minutes. This is Tide 100.9, the home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. I'm. You are listening to Alabama Tradition with Martin Houston and Ryan Fowler. Your connection to Tuscaloosa and the University of Alabama Athletics on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. So this is Alabama tradition, the past, present, and future of the Alabama Crimson Tide. That's Martin Houston. I'm Ryan Fowler. We're going to be with you until 7 o'clock. If you want to jump in, we'd love to have you at 205-342-9904, 205-342-9904. Martin, take that question when you look at all the recognition. And, you know, they they are team awards uh, in certain ways, but, at the end of the day, they're recognizing individual achievement as well. How do you manage that if you're Nick Saban? Is that a concern? Well, uh, it, it, of course, it has to be a little bit of a concern. But, Ryan, I think it's, it's, it's how you've managed it the entire time. Um, I think Nick Saban made the statement, it's always good, and I'm paraphrasing, it's always good when your best players are your leaders, and your high character guys and your best, your hardest workers. And so I think that's what you have in Mac Jones, Devontae Smith, and Najee Harris is you have guys who are modeling how to be champions and how to lead a team and, and how it, it's hard to believe, but how the ball, that one ball, remember what we've said in the past, Ryan? It's only one ball, man. Sure. Don't be hard to spread it around. Well, these three guys have proven us wrong. And if you really look at it, you look at what Mechie and Waddle have done. They've not had – Waddle in his four games had almost 600 yards. So, you know, um, Nick Saban and this offense and Sark – I mean, it ha- you have to say Sark has figured out, Ryan, while having those three guys, look what else we've had. We've had Mechie come along. We've had Billingsley come along. Forrestal has had his best season. I mean, you see what I'm saying? Sure. And we didn't think it one ball. And so I think it's how you manage it. And these guys have done that somehow, some way. And I, and I think it goes to the character of the players. So long answer, uh, the short of it is, I think it starts with the type of quality guys you recruit them and what you tell them when you recruit them. And, and then you you try your best to 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 fulfill that, and you don't promise anything other than the opportunity, and that's what Nick Saban seems to do. And we we're going to work some audio in a little bit later. Is uh, the offensive coordinator was asked about Mac Jones and Devonte Smith, and you even watch these guys of being careful uh, to manage this, and you you look at it, and and right now even you know the the Heisman side of things because. 
let's say Trevor Lawrence wins the Heisman Trophy. Uh, you know those Alabama players would would try to go out and try to say, hey, uh, you're not the best player in college football. Our teammate uh, was. Same thing with Clemson. If Alabama guy wins it, uh, they'll they'll try to go out and look at me. I'm already putting Alabama and Clemson in the national championship. Uh, <laughs> I'm falling into that rat poison so easily. But you know what I mean. I mean, that trying to defend the player that wins it or uh, the player that did not win it. Yeah, you, I laugh. I laugh because we had that conversation come up uh, on our, on my show this morning regarding uh, are you worried about Pete Golding having to call plays against Clemson? And I was like, let's save that till next week. Uh, maybe Notre Dame and Ohio State. Can, can I answer that question though? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I can see Trevor Lawrence right now running for a first down, and and we're we're trying to catch him. You're lucky, Coach Saban isn't here. You're jumping the gun, buddy. I know, I know. Yeah, that's right. So, but uh, but you know, right? It, 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 I think that they've done a great job of managing it, and I think if they win it, I think it just excites them even more. Um, they've all, if you look at the combined spots they've moved they would you would have to say that they've done more to help their draft stock individually uh percentage wise on spots where they were last year versus spots where they are today uh to be able to help themselves they've done it as well as anyone and who 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 of those three ryan based off of last year thought that any of them would be considered a heisman if winning it is worth five hundred thousand dollars, being a finalist is worth um, some. You know, yeah. Uh, uh, hey, well, actually, Ryan, it's really based off what you do. I mean, it, it's a guarantee of the Heisman Trophy winner. But to me, it's sort of like American Idol. Uh, a lot of times on American Idol, it was the, the person who came in second uh, that ended up uh, being the one who had the better career uh, because they were motivated. Uh, to to show that they were the best. And so I wouldn't be surprised if that happened in this case. Martin, fill in the blank. Notre Dame can play Alabama for four quarters if they do what to keep uh, this game, you know, making a, a second-half, fourth-quarter football game? Well, first of all, I think there's a couple key things that they can do, Ryan. If they take the um, Florida blueprint, uh, I think they have the ability to take the Florida blueprint. Uh, they they will not stop our offense, um, but can they put enough pressure on our offense that our offense has to be perfect? And that's what Florida did. We had to be perfect, almost perfect on offense. And the reason I say uh, Notre Dame can do that, Ryan, is they have three tight ends. And one of them transferred in, a big-time guy, uh, and we've struggled with tight ends. Let's be real. We've only played two. We've played three legit tight ends, uh, one being LSU, but they didn't have a quarterback that could get it to him. Ole Miss did, and they hurt us. Florida did, and they hurt us. And so that that's a concern for me. Um, the thing, they don't have great elite wide receivers at Notre Dame, but they have some guys that can can get open against our DBs. Uh, uh, if we don't have a pass rush. And last but not least, the part that makes that more scary, Ryan, is their running back and their quarterback are both more athletic and better than what Notre Dame had to offer. 
if I if I was them, I would sit back and look at that Florida film. And if we play man to man, we've shown that we will stick with it. Even when you move and run the same play five times in a row in the same situation, you'll leave the middle of the field open. Leave that middle of the field open with Ian Book, Ryan, and see what Notre Dame does. Uh, they they will they will hurt us. Uh, and, and then just from a technical standpoint, if Notre Dame can have success running the ball and uh, on third down keeping drives alive, then um, that's going to be the best defense they can play. So when you look at this Alabama uh, team and you look at Alabama defensively, uh, is, is this is another chance to go up against a top-ranked uh, offense. I mean, they're not you know, in the top 10, but they're 22 when you look at total offense, when you look at the Irish. What do you see in their quarterback, uh, Ian Book? Uh, a, a, a pretty pretty athletic guy who um, I, I don't want to insult him and call him a game manager because I think he's better than that. Uh, and, and there's nothing wrong with being a game manager, but I think he's a difference maker. I think that uh, he he can't beat the big teams by himself, Ryan, but he can play well enough if the team is there with him that that he can pull pull off. Uh, a win. So without a doubt, I think you have a guy who can make the throws, a guy who can uh, extend plays. He wants to get outside the pocket. He he has uh, a poor man version of some of the uh, um, Mahomes traits, not calling him Patrick Mahomes, but when I say poor man, meaning that when he gets outside of the pocket, if you're chasing man to man, he'll, he'll pull it down and run. If you come up, then he can make some throws to extend plays and hurt you late in a play. Let's go to Landon Nickerson. When you talk about his absence on the football field, his leadership, his his practice mentality, you could see this guy sets the tone. When you look at a guy that understands uh, blocking schemes and, and the understanding of what a guy like that gives you, when you look at Landon Nickerson, Chris Owens has played a lot of great football. Uh, he's a fifth-year senior. He's going to be asked to step into a big role that uh, Landon Dickerson has left uh, the void there. When you look at Landon Dickerson being out, uh, take that and analyze it and see what you think about it. Well, well first of all, Ryan, the, the overall what Landon brings to the team that generated the reaction that came out on the field, no one's going to replace that. That is a that is a once-in-a-lifetime I've never seen that on a guy who was not like on a stretcher uh, or had a serious neck back injury type of thing. I've never seen players, coaches, staff, everybody react that way. So that tells you that he's he's the, the he's the spirit of this team. That part's not going to be replaced. But what's more scary than that, Ryan, is I read off Landon Dickerson is a Remington finalist. Listen to this, Ryan. Okay. In the pro football focus, he's the top-rated run-blocking center at 92.8, okay? He earned the overall number two grade at center with 91.5, so that's including pass blocking as well. He's from the coaching staff at Alabama, he's, he sports a 91% uh, blocking overall blocking grade in a 99.6 assignment grade. Let me explain what that means. 
He played 725 snaps, Ryan. He missed two assignments. Let, 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 let's break that down. The center has to snap the ball. So if he had a bad snap, that's 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 a broken assignment. Have you seen Mac Jones have to look away for the ball one single time this year? Think about that for a second. I cannot. Seven hundred twenty. No. Then he has to make the calls, Ryan. He he has to make all the calls for the deep offensive line. Then oh yeah, he has to actually block the guy that he's assigned to block. He has done his job. 723 times wow. out of 725. That That is absolutely mind-blowing when you think about the fact that he did that, you know, in the SEC in one of the craziest years, toughest years. Um, just the, can Chris Owens play well enough for us to win? Yes. Can he replace that? No. He may be the hardest guy on the team to replace. When you look at Landon Dickerson, uh, uh, Martin, I mean, we, we respect uh, the big nasties in the trenches. Have you ever done a dance like that on a football field? Uh, you're talking about the little where he backs up and yeah, points at the Yeah, I'm, I'm not that coordinate. I'm not sure I could do it at any <laughs> point. Uh, but that that's, you know, it's kind of become a little trademark for him. Yeah, and that, but that shows his that's 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 his persona. That's who he is, Ryan. Sure. That that's I mean that's him. He gets in your head. In I can imagine. Huh? He probably gets in your head. I mean, he just seems like he would be a type of player that would get you mentally off your off your focus. Do you remember when he first came here? Do you remember what my word my word was for him? Old school nasty. <laughs> I like you it. know sure. He is he is old school nasty and and old school nasty uh, is just it's it's a it's a persona it's who you are and and Landon Dickerson I mean he's one of my favorite players all time I, I just love he played Ryan the reason he's hurt is he was playing through the whistle he he had already made his block but he was he was going to finish that guy late in the game. And went, uh, you know, uh, and and landed awkward, etc. When it, that leg swung around, but that j- that's just who he is, and that and that's the way he played every play. Um, have you thought about this, Ryan? Landon Dickerson could be back next year as a center Absolutely. at Alabama. Yes, I have, I have, and he may set the tone of that offensive line. <laughs> yes, he could. So, and there you go. Yeah, I mean, you you go through that list and. You look at that depth chart. I mean, I know Nick Saban don't want us looking ahead, even to the national championship game. But you know, he he could be a guy that you could build a an offensive side of the football. I mean, that sounds so crazy to do it around the center, uh, but I think he's that important uh, to that football team. So going back to this, go go back and watch Landon Dickerson go down. It seemed like to me that. Florida got a little bit more of a push up the middle when when he went down. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, the, the, and I don't know if that was timing, last drive, you know, trying to run out the clock uh, mentality, or if that was, you know, what the world may be like in some sense without Landon. 
Um, we've all assumed that Chris Owens is going to be the guy. Who, who knows? I mean, we may want more of a road grader uh, in there at that spot. Uh, you know, and, and if I'm not mistaken, didn't Emil Ikior play a little center? He, he has. Uh, he has. And yeah, then Darren yeah. Dalcourt is the future at that position. And then Darren Dalcourt, and who knows how much he's grown, Ryan. I mean, you, you just never know. Of course, Chris Owens has been the guy that was getting the reps early, but you know, Nick Saban may not be saying anything in Alabama. You know, you know, I, I just, I think mentality-wise, um, maybe he's had enough influence on Emil and Deontay. Uh, of course, I know he he had great impact on Leatherwood, but we're going to need that push up the middle uh, if we're going to win a national championship. And uh, either they're going to have to rally around Chris Owens or one of these other guys may step in and, and take that. Well, you know, maybe they play inspired football, Martin. Let's go back. I mean, you and I talked about this at the o- opening part of this. Jalen Waddle goes down Tennessee game. We said, who is going to be able to replace him? Nobody is going to be. But it's going to have to be a lot of players that maybe take up that percentage of production uh, that was lost. Uh, we've talked about Miller Forstall. We've talked about Billingsley taking some of that. We've talked about John Mechie stepping up in, in a role. Uh, and other guys, Slay Bolton taking up some of that responsibility. So you look at it, maybe they play inspired football and they come out understanding that they do represent uh, Landon Dickerson and, and, and knowing uh, to maybe play a little different uh, type of mentality. That, that and that's what I that's what I was trying to communicate is maybe that spirit of Dickerson Landon Dickerson inspires those two middle guys. Like I said, I just don't see Chris Owens being that type of player, but he doesn't have to be that type of player to be very efficient and effective. Um, but we will need those other guys if we're going to have Najee Harris be the Najee Harris we've come to love. You just can't have. Um, the the middle cave in or stalemate, you're going to have to get some push. And then, Ryan, the other part I didn't tell you on Landon, he gave up zero sacks this year. Okay? Oh, wow. So, Mac Jones stands in that pocket knowing what? That he's not going to get pressure right in his face. And he stands in there and he steps up. That's the type of thing that, that will take, you know, um, a team effort and, and all that. If I was coming against Alabama – I would make sure that my nasty pass rush bull or speed guy, whichever way I can get there, if I had a Quentin Williams, uh, then I'd put him on uh, Chris Owens. Or if I had a Mount Cody, I'd put him on Chris Owens. And either way, I would either push that that uh, center, that line back, and have the the pocket inverted versus round it out. And, and that's what we've seen Mac Jones standing in a clean pocket all year, and I think that started with Landon Dickerson setting the point. Well, and going back to the Landon Dickerson uh, side of things with the offensive line, he was also an All-American, but you added up, and out of the 11 guys on the offensive side of the football, Alabama had Landon Dickerson, Alex Leatherwood, a running back by the name of Najee Harris, Devontae Smith, and Mac Jones, uh, that's a pretty good lineup on the first team All-American. They did have one defensive guy, Patrick Sertain, uh, there. So uh, six guys, and I think uh, Mike Rodak from AL.com reminded us that uh, it, it had been 
like a historical figure that that it had been like 50 years since that you had a team that put a running back, wide receiver, and a quarterback on the first team All-American list, the AP side of things. So, I mean, just the, the awards and the recognition for this team continue to come in at a high level. Yeah, just think, Ryan. People almost canceled this. Ooh, oh, wow. We, we, we almost did not get to see what we've experienced. And what we've seen, um, for the most part, is the resiliency of, of young men and young people, first of all. But also what great leadership does for you. You know, you look at the leadership of the SEC. 69 of uh, 71 games, Martin Houston. 69 of 71 in the SEC. Yeah, and there's a team in the in the playoffs that had three games canceled. And our league didn't have three games canceled. <laughs> right? Yes. I mean, am yes. I correct? Yeah. Th- thank, okay. thank you, Dabble. I mean, Martin. Yeah, I just – I just – no, I mean, I was no, just pointing out no, the no. obvious. <laughs> I don't know if you picked up on that, but uh, I said thank yeah, you, I thank you, Dabo. I mean, Martin. Uh, yeah. Hey, Dabo is Dabo. Dabo is doubling down. I mean, I like a guy that's transparent. Uh, Dabo certainly is, man. He's he said, hey, he, he thinks they're a top ten team, but he puts them at number eleven. I like a guy that speaks his mind. He's, he said, you know, I, I saw his, uh, one of his latest interviews, and he said, listen. It's not Ohio State. It's just any team that plays six games shouldn't be there. You you know, you should not be there if you play, you know, 50 to 55% of the games. I mean, think about how many times – I know I've said this, but Kevin Sumlin would, be in the, would have been in the playoffs every year. But he had an Alabama on his schedule. Think about this, Ryan. Texas A&M won more games after they lost to Alabama than Ohio State played. Texas A&M was 7-0 after they played Alabama. 7-0. So, do, do you th- okay. Let me ask you, and, and I, I think I know where you're going to go, but let me set this question up. Martin, Ohio State, Texas A&M played on a neutral field. Who would you take? Uh at, at this point, I don't know. I, I, I was going to say Ohio State, but what I've seen the last – I've seen them play two good teams, and I don't know that they would uh, beat Texas A&M. I think Texas A&M would take it down to the wire and, and may actually win out because um, I think they're playing better defense at, at A&M since Jimbo's been there. And offensively, they would frustrate the heck out of Oklahoma, I mean uh, Ohio State and keep on the sideline. Neutral field, um, I probably would if if I had to put my house on it. Probably take the the helmet in Ohio State, but um, I'm not talking about. I think Ohio State has the ability to win this whole thing. I mean, without a doubt, Ryan. I without without a doubt, I think I, they have the ability to do it. But I don't think they should be in the playoffs. No, I'm I'm with you. Uh, I, I mean, it's like what Dabo said. You don't award a business degree after sixty credit hours. I mean, I think that was the yeah, perfect I mean, one. It, it nailed it. How many people flunked out of school that started off on the dean's list? Sure, you know. Sure. I mean, sure. you, you, I mean, you don't you don't award it. You don't award it at the beginning. You know, you you award based on the body of work, and that's what they used to always say: body of work. <laughs> well, somebody got somebody's missing some organs. Uh, but anyway, 
<laughs> Ryan, let me ask you this question. I know we need to get the break, but he, here's a question I have. Is the is the uh, situation and circumstance around Ohio State getting in and Notre Dame getting in and potentially setting up a three-peat with Clemson and Nebraska, I mean uh, Notre Dame, that's a potential three-peat in one season, and then Ohio State getting in at, at six. If those two teams get blown out, has the committee cracked their own foundation? Oh. Have they put themselves in a situation or a circumstance that will be and have the same ramifications of the LSU-Alabama uh, National Championship matchup in the BCS? I if think, those two teams get embarrassed. I, I, I think that that will be fract- uh, fractured. I do. And but I mean, but Mark, you know why this team is there because they have eleven state geographical footprint in the Big Ten. Yes. And at the end of the day, you and I look at it as X's and O's in football. They look at it as dollar signs. Right, and that's why they and and I and that's fine. You know, I mean, the, the reality of it is, if if Alabama was six and O, I'd be sitting here arguing for Alabama to be in. Okay, I know that. I, sure. I'm not. I'm not gonna even. I'm not even gonna try to sugarcoat that. But that's not the case. I would be arguing for them, knowing in reality that the people who, who who are making the argument that we're making would be correct. But I still would be arguing for my Alabama to be in if they were six and zero. And if I was a Notre Dame fan or a Clemson fan, I'd be arguing for it. But the reality of it is, Ryan, the that doesn't mean that they deserve it. <laughs> but I would still argue for it, and I would argue, and I'd I'd be using it in my my head. I'd be like, hey, listen. We, we had a down year. We need the money that they're going to bring in. And that's what Ohio State's doing. Um, A&M may have bought that. Cincinnati wasn't going to bring that. Iowa State wasn't going to bring that. Uh, Oklahoma, maybe, uh, but probably not. So they chose what they think was going to give hey. potentially the four best games as well. Martin, we're getting stop signs and break signs. I mean, we ran through that uh we ran through that. Yeah, we, we ran through that break like you guys ran through Miami down in the Sugar Bowl. I mean, it, it was. I mean, we yeah. we. So we got to get to break. We'll come back. We're going to get some phone calls uh, into the conversation. That's Martin Houston. I'm Ryan Fowler. This is Alabama tradition. The past, present, and future of the Alabama Crimson Tide. The Tuscaloosa policy. There. Low clouds have been slow to burn off in a few areas, but most areas are sunny this afternoon. Highs will be topping out near 60 degrees. Expect fair skies overnight tonight, the low near 47. And tomorrow, more clouds than sun. Rain holds off till after midnight. The daytime high of 64. New Year's Eve storms could be strong to severe. I'm meteorologist Bill Murray on Tide 100.9. The host of the game, Ryan Fowler, and the host of the Martin Houston Show, Martin Houston, have combined to offer a show filled with in-depth analysis of Alabama football and more. Alabama Tradition broadcasts live on Tide 100.9 every Tuesday from 6 to 7 p.m. and is available live and on playback on numerous affiliates around the Southeast. Check out alabamatradition.com for a list of affiliates as well as other great content.
it's not just one for the University of Alabama for 2020. I found a stat earlier. Alabama's number one ranking uh, in the Associated Press marks the 212th consecutive week that the Crimson Tide has appeared in the poll. Uh, That streak is the longest active streak in college football. Uh, When you look at the top, they have also been there every single year uh, since 2008. The 13-year streak is the longest in history of the AP rankings. Now, that record broke uh, Miami's record, and uh, you know who might be responsible for taking that Miami record? 1986 mm-hmm. to 1992. Mark Houston was going to help us answer that question, but uh, uh, <laughs> we put a, we, we stopped a dynasty and created another one. Uh, so Alabama. <laughs> Setting records, the AP ranking started in 1935 for those keeping score at home. Not too bad. Wow. Yeah, I mean, 13, 13 years at number one, right, Ryan? Yes, at some sir. Point. 13 years. Wow. It, and and that's, that's not how many games. I mean, he's been number one more years than the Auburn program have spent games. At number one. Wow. Wow. And, and it's, Look at Martin just, throwing some shade at the Auburn Tigers. Auburns. Yeah. Do it now. I know. I said, look at Martin Houston throwing some shade at the Auburn Tigers. No, I'm just – but but what I'm saying is that just shows you – because when you say 13 years at number one some point, people don't really grasp that. He, If I'm not mistaken, Ryan, two years ago, maybe more, he had coached in like as many – games ranked number one is like all of the top coaches like bear coach bryant uh paterno he did and, yeah yeah he's coached uh, in 85 and, games and, as the nation's top ranked uh team yep you nailed it right there what and, you said yeah and and these uh and these other coaches that are the leading all-time winners in division one have not coached in that many games combined and so he just impressed. I mean, he's he, 64 what he's done, more games than the second place guy. Do what now? He's 64 more games than the second place guy. Right. And, and he, but he has more than all of them combined. <laughs> I mean, it's right. Cause if you're, you're 64 you're, more, that's 80, that's 21. That means the next person has 21, right? Yes. Right. So, and, so so if so if you take that they all had twenty one that would only be sixty three. So, so I, you just you sit there and you chew on these stats. Uh, but, but let me ask you this, Ryan: Is this his most impressive yes. year? If he doesn't get the coach of no the doubt. year for Bryant, Robinson, et cetera, it, it, it would be a travesty because I don't think there's ever going to be another eleven zero team unless they add more games. Um, and, and and you would have to also play – if they add nine games, you'd have to win all nine in regular season, win the SEC championship, and then play that team in the playoffs and win to get to 11. If they go to 10, you'd at least have to go undefeated and then win like this year. I just don't see it being duplicated. Um, and I think he's more motivated now, Ryan, than he, than he was because I think that one week – probably was not good for the rest of college football because he realized I am nowhere near close to wanting to sit at home. <laughs> and and let me add this one more to the 13-year streak. Uh, the 86 to 92 is only seven years for Miami. So actually he's almost doubled it up 
on the second place team there too. It just you, you look at these stats. Let's go to Robert in Mobile. Robert, we're limited with time, but it's all yours, man. Talk to me. Hey guys, I uh, just wanted to chime in on what Martin said earlier about you know the, the how close we were if the uh, powers that be with this coronavirus thing had gotten their way to not seeing the greatest offense Alabama's ever had. Uh, and, you know, because there was so much, many, especially from the sports media, for some bizarre reason, sports media didn't want sports football, they want sports played. Uh, guess what were you going to talk about then? Why should we pay attention to you if there weren't going to be any sports plays like you guys want? <laughs> but we would have missed the greatest, uh, the greatest uh, offense in the history of Alabama football had we not played this season. And again, like you said, it's a great testament to uh, uh, the SEC commissioner. He's done an outstanding job this this year with getting this pulled off and ignoring the ignoring the, the media and uh, the Big Ten and and that uh, Pac-12 who were telling us we couldn't do this. Oh yeah, we could do this. So hey, uh, Robert, do so, you do you think Alabama scores fifty on uh, plus on Notre Dame? Uh, fifty, who? Mm, it sure is out there, isn't it? Uh, I'll say no, but it's going to – I see in the high 40s, 45, 48, something like that. They're going to go 40, yeah. but 50. Nick Samuel, Nick Samuel will call off the dogs. He won't let this get scored. Here, well, here's, here's, the, here's the crazy part. They, they're right now on the verge of averaging 50 points a game with an all-SEC schedule. Let me say that again. 50 points a game heavens. with an all – SEC schedule. It's, this, this is not just the best. This is the best offense. It's a different era. I understand that. But in this new era of college football, Alabama has rewritten the standards. Literally, you have to score more than 35 to have a chance to beat this team. Because that's all they do is 35 plus. Thank you, Robert. Okay, guys. Uh, we are top of the hour and we are out of here. Let's go beat the Irish. Martin, you got a score for us? Uh, I, I really have not settled on anything, but I think we will get in the 50s on this team. I think this team is once again going to get exposed, Ryan, um, as a national brand that has not been relevant since 88. Well, and you look at – we beat them 42-14 to 14 in Miami, 28-point difference there. I'll say it this way. I think we go past that number. I think we beat them by more than 28. I do too. I just don't think – when I look at Notre Dame, I think they'll be waving the flag uh, in the first half. I think Brian Kelly, uh, if he wouldn't get in trouble with his alumni base, I think he would say the same thing. The only way we'll have a chance in the second half if Alabama doesn't come out of that locker room, even though he won't say it this time because he got in trouble last time, his fan base. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's Martin Houston. What you got in the Ohio State-Clemson? Uh, I think Clemson beats them, and I, I, I think they beat them comfortably. Not like Alabama's going to beat Notre Dame, but I think they'll beat them by – a couple of touchdowns, maybe more. I, I say seventeen to twenty-one. I think I, I think you and I are dead on the uh, there. James Ludeman, Martin Houston, Alabama tradition. We'll talk to you next week. Maybe we're talking about a win and a championship and a Heisman Trophy right here on Alabama tradition. The past, present, and future of the Alabama Crimson Tide. <laughs>